glad you could join us for another episode of Cranford Radio. My name is Bernie Wagenblast. Last time we talked about the Cranford Public Library was 2013. A lot has changed since then. We had talked with John Millar. He was the director of the library at that time. But we have the current director of the Cranford Library, Michael Mazikin, as well as the head of reference services, Marissa Lieberman. Marissa, Michael, welcome to Cranford Radio. Thank you very much for having us. So excited to be here. Well, as I said, a lot has changed since we last talked about things going on at the Cranford Library. We had a little thing called COVID that happened uh, in between those interviews and uh, obviously new programs and services. Both of you are new to the library, I believe, since we had done that interview in 2013. So uh, a lot to catch up on. Let me start off a little bit by talking about each one of you, if I can. Mike, I know you've been the library director for some time. You came from Kenilworth. How long have you been there? So I arrived here at the beginning of 2018. So I am coming up on five years here pretty soon. It's been a very eventful five years. A lot of uh, unexpected occurrences <laughs> have come up, but I can say it's been a it's been a really great experience here so far. I uh, I'm really I've really enjoyed uh, you know getting to know the community better, getting to know the crew here, the board, all the people around the town, township officials. It's, uh, it's a pretty great place, I got to say. Well, glad to have you here. And Marissa, tell me a little bit about how long you've been at the Cranford Public Library. I have been here just about a year. I started the very end of July 2021, and it's such a fantastic community. Um, before here, I was the head of children's services at East Orange Public Library. I was there for almost 10 years, and I'm originally from Long Island. So I worked at a number of public libraries out on Long Island before coming out to Jersey. One of the interesting things I noticed when I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, Marissa, is you've had an interest in anime. Tell me about that and how that fits into some of the work that you're doing. So I have been a fan of Japanese anime and manga since middle school. I love the variety of genres. I've been involved in fandom, going to conventions. And out on Long Island, they actually created the first library anime convention in the county starting with an anime club with our teens and every library I've been to, I've been bringing that passion with me. So here at Cranford, I started an adult graphic novel and manga collection. We already had a fantastic teen and children's section for graphic novels. And I'm really excited. Um, we're planning for next year to have a big uh, library con. So that's something I'm really passionate about. Um, I've spoken about anime and manga programming for New York Comic Con, uh, New Jersey Library Association. So it's really cool to be able to combine that passion with the community and the library. I think one of the interesting things, you go back decades and decades, and you think about things that would draw young people in that maybe didn't necessarily have an interest in reading, you know, whether it was Nancy Drew or the Hardy Boys, like I say, decades ago, and doing what you're doing now, I would imagine that's a way to, to draw some young people into reading for the first time, or at least get them excited about reading. Let's put it that way. It really is. And it's such a great time. There's so many great graphic novels, manga, diverse titles being published. And it's such a, a great way to encourage literacy for the younger audiences, as well as the adult audiences. And um, we're so excited to be able to have those titles in the library and, and talk with the kids, the teens and the adults about it. I just wanted to say, having been to several of Marissa's talks at New York Comic Con and the New Jersey Library Association. Uh, we're very lucky to have the expert here on 
um, the subjects of anime, comics, manga um, here in Cranford at the Cranford Library. She knows her stuff more than just about anybody I know, certainly more than I do. Great asset to the community, having Marissa here. Mike, I was going to ask a little bit about your background. One of the things I noticed with you is your degree, your undergraduate degree, was in journalism. Were you expecting to become a journalist at some point when you were still a college student? I studied journalism and I uh, graduated right around the time that blogs and freelance journalism and fewer full-time positions and fewer newsroom positions were, were available. And so our professors at graduation kind of said, good luck out there. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I, um, I still have a, you know, a, a very direct interest in, in journalism, in reporting today, but I always found that my favorite part of the whole field was the research, was finding information and trying to deliver that information in a format that people could digest and understand. And like most people, I had no idea for much of my life that that is a central part of the library's role, is providing access to information and making that access easier and more convenient for people. So there's a really close connection between reporting and librarianship, I feel, in that you have to be able to research, you have to develop your own knowledge, you have to be a good listener, you have to be able to provide information in a way that people can understand while at the same time help people along the road to finding their own information. The uh, subject on everybody's lips in libraries is information literacy mm -hmm. and making sure not only that we are able to sort through information, but helping people deal with the incredible amount of information that they are barraged with from every direction every day. So it's part of the library's role to help people sort through that a bit, and to make people's lives a little bit easier in a very challenging time. And talking about information literacy, something both you and Marissa would be certainly well acquainted with is you talk about how much the deluge of information that's, that's mm -hmm. out there. Back when I was growing up, you went to the library, you had encyclopedias that you would go to, you had obviously books that you would go to and magazines. But with all the information that's now available through the internet, not all of it is necessarily reliable information. How do you encourage people who are seeking information to find reliable sources of information? So there's a, a quote by Neil Gaiman that was always one of my favorite quotes, and it was Google. Sorry, Google, if you're listening to this, you do a great <laughs> service, but it's Google can bring you back 100,000 answers and a librarian can bring you the right one. <laughs> um, so we don't discourage people from seeking information, from you know, using your search engines, Wikipedia, privately run websites and blogs, but we also, we try to help people be discerning with information here. So we here, you know, we, I think we, we build a great collection here in the library that what we can do is provide people with a launch pad saying, okay, if you're looking to learn about something, we can help you get started with that. We have a fantastic reference team and a fantastic children's library that can really target those kind of paths for people and to help people not only learn new information, but learn about information, learn how to learn effectively, which is something that you really never stop doing. I mentioned a uh, reference in children's, but I, you know, I don't want to shortchange our young adult librarian either. You know, we have a terrific uh, young adult librarian here, Stacy Shapiro, who 
anybody that's listening that has a teenager knows that things suddenly become very challenging <laughs> in ways that you do not expect. And so one of the roles we have here is, is ensuring that as people reach a stage where maybe, you know, they, they lose some of their earlier interests and develop new interests, that we have someone here who can really guide them through that very difficult phase. I don't know, Marissa, is that making any sense to you? I think it, it definitely does. And another thing is access. Just we take for granted that maybe everybody has a computer or internet, which not everybody does. We see so many people coming in to use the computer, to print, to scan, to photocopy. Um, they need guidance with setting up their very first Gmail account, registering for so many things that you, you need an email for, registering for services after you know the floods and you have to put in all that information, helping people scan documents, even lending out iPads and hotspots for people who want to have access in their homes or apartments. Mm -hmm. Those are all really cool services that the library could provide. Thank you for mentioning that one. That was a service that we had been working on since 2019, but we really kicked it off during COVID. We have a terrific digital collection here at the library. We have computers people can access. We have people that come in and use them, you know, not only to stay in touch and to, you know, to get information from the world around them, but also we have people that will apply for jobs, you know, to make appointments, to look up information that is truly, you know, necessary for mm -hmm. them. And we realized during COVID, you know, hey, some of those people, you cut off those uh, capabilities, there's really not an option for them. So one of our initiatives here is we do lend out uh, tablets and hotspots. We work through a couple of groups that provide fantastically discounted rates to government organizations that uh, allow us to bring the internet into people's homes that otherwise would not be able to access it, whether for monetary reasons or any other reason there, we can you know, help to fill that role for people. Certainly, the internet caused great changes in library science, but more recently, COVID has had some effects. Now, I think a lot of us are familiar with some of the effects that COVID had in terms of the library being closed for a time and books being available for pickup only and things of that sort. But I'm curious from the two of you, what permanent changes do you think COVID has brought to public libraries? The biggest change that we've seen wasn't really a change in our services. It was a change in our users. Mm -hmm. So what happened during COVID is we had a lot of people that would say, I could never picture reading a book on my phone or on a Kindle or on a tablet or anything else of the sort. And when people really found themselves without many options, they said, okay, I think I'm going to learn how to do this. You know, I've, got, I've got the time. I, I have the hardware. I have the, I have the intelligence. I can do this. And so a lot of people, you know, would reach out to us and say, Hey, you know, I can do this. I've really, you know, I've got this down, but I got to tell you, I really prefer the physical books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but isn't it great now that you have the option to do both whenever, whenever you want? And so that's one of the biggest changes that we've seen is that, you know, we have a lot of people coming back to the library today where, you know, we're watching our numbers for physical circulation get back up and approach where we were prior to COVID. But our digital circulation has doubled because there are a lot of people who say, you know, well, this might not be my first choice. It's a choice that I have. Mm -hmm. that I didn't know I had it in me before. 
So that's something that I see staying. You know, we'll have a lot of people that, yep, I love a physical book just as much as everybody else. But you have people who are more savvy, they're more knowledgeable, they're more skilled because they took on, you know, those changes themselves. We ushered them through, we helped them out with it. And now those are people who are a little bit more equipped to face the world. Marissa, from the reference side, have you seen some permanent changes that you think, or at least long-term changes as a result of the experiences of COVID? I definitely agree with Michael with the digital books. We've been getting a lot of questions of people who are really excited to learn how to use it to download the apps like Libby, which is through Overdrive or Hoopla, where you can access eBooks, audiobooks, comic books, even streaming like movies and TV and music and things like that. So people are definitely interested in that. And people who are more interested in learning technology, because for a while, that's how we relied on communicating with one another. So people who are, you know, looking to get emails who maybe didn't have one before and all of those things. And I think that mentality is going to change. Well, we also want to talk about some things that are coming up. You've got some exciting new programs and such. Do you want to start off and tell us about some of the things that are going to be coming to the Cranford Public Library that folks can look forward to? I guess I'll start. So we've been doing a lot of concerts and I know from the year I've been here, the concerts are such a big draw. They are so much fun. We've been doing a number of them already and we see attendance, you know, climbing up. Just last week, we had a fantastic program with Carlos Trapp on the roots of black music in America. And we had a great turnout and we have this regular group of people. They go dancing together and they were dancing in the aisles. And (laughs) sometimes one of the group brings their like 90 something year old mother and she's like tapping her foot and clapping. So it's so amazing. Um, We just started our international film screenings again, which I know from our patrons was a really, really big draw before COVID. So we were really excited to introduce that this month. Coming up, we have um, two great concerts in August. We have the Carl Latham Trio, which is rock music. We're bringing back the Magnolia Street String Band, which we had last year, our first in-person concert. So we're really excited to bring them again. And I started an Adults Create, which is a monthly in-person craft program. We have a regular group of people. We did um, painting wine glasses. We painted wooden trays. um, And the group's been coming up with ideas for us to do. So that's been something that I really look forward to every month. And we also have a really fun program in honor of Paul McCartney's birthday with Vinnie Bruno, who, again, the patrons tell me they remember his programs um, prior and always had big crowds. So I'm really excited for those to happen this summer. Sounds great. Michael, anything that you wanted to add in terms of upcoming events or news for the Cranford Public Library? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, earlier this year, um, the uh, library board and Uh, coordination with representatives from the friends, the school residents from the town pulled together their strategic plan, where we look at, you know, what we really are going to look at over the next few years with regards to patron engagement and information technology, professional development, outreach. And one of the things that we have been looking at, we really started looking at prior to COVID was involvement in one of the larger library consortia. So for listeners at home, these are, they're generally independent groups that um, will have libraries from throughout the area, often libraries from multiple counties that will share uh, a number of resources in the center. So you'll see a shared catalog that everybody's materials are visible in. You'll be able to not only walk into any of those libraries and check out a book, but you'll also be able to, by clicking one button, 
have the, a book or other library materials delivered straight to you at your home library. It is a tremendous service out there. We have a, an in-person borrowing agreement that's been standing for many years called Mural um, that allows for in-person borrowing. But this comprehensive interlibrary delivery system, it's fast, it's convenient, and it really is a sea change for libraries that join. I have experience with it from the Kenilworth Library where I worked before I was over here in Cranford. And I'm very pleased to say, and I believe this is the first really major public announcement of this, that we are joining the Libraries of Middlesex Automation Consortium, along with pre-existing Union County members, Kenilworth, Springfield, Roselle, Roselle Park, Plainfield, and Elizabeth. And then we're soon to be followed by Scotch Plains and Fanwood by the end of the year. And our target date for going live with this system is the second week in August. So everybody's library card is about to become much more powerful. You're going to have access to so much more material. You're going to have access to, to new resources that we've never had before here. I will tell you, you're going to love it. It's, it's a fantastic step that we're taking. And um, I'm just so thrilled to be a part of it. Well, it certainly sounds exciting. And one of the things I want to do, Marissa, you you ran through some of the, the upcoming events and the nature of podcasts is they may be listening to this months from when we recorded this. So for folks who want to find out about events that are going to be going on in the library in the immediate future, and perhaps it is months after we recorded this, how can they find out with getting that information available to them? They can visit our website, which is cranfordlibrary.org and click right on calendar. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And Michael, a lot of the things that you just talked about with the, the sharing among libraries, is that something that will be available online as well as in person in the library? Oh, absolutely. From, from any place, you'll be able to access the entire catalog of materials. We are also working on updating our staff patron interface so that we will be able to do more outreach programs so that we'll be able to sign people up for library cards off-site so that we can visit schools or other organizations and get people signed up there. We would be able to set up satellite locations. You know, one of the things to go to a subject that was difficult for a lot of people and still is, but during Ida here in Cranford, the community center was a location for people who were displaced to go, you know, during the day. And the Friends of the Library, fantastic group, got to give them a shout out here for all of the work they do, who run these fantastic book sales for us, brought books over to that community center and said, you know, hey, anybody that's here, these are yours. There's no questions asked. Take these homes. Here's something to read with your kids. Here's something to, to allow you to, you know, step out for a little bit and, and relax. And that's the kind of outreach to me that is so meaningful, is getting to people that really need library services. And so with this new system, we're going to be able to, in many ways, take those library services on the road with us. One thing I want to mention, Lauren Antolino, the head of Children's, is starting a native seed library. And the grand opening for that is going to be this coming Saturday. So that's June 25th. Um, but this is going to be a permanent fixture here at the library. And what this is, is it's the collection 
of seeds of native plants to the area. So people, I'm hoping if there's some people in the various garden clubs and horticultural societies listening, your ears perked up because you know that many of the native plants in an area can become endangered over time by a variety of different reasons, whether those reasons have to do with other plants, invasive species, animals, shifting temperatures, all of that can, you know, can really uh, do some damage to the native ecosystem. And so what this is, is it provides people at no cost with seeds of native plants in the community that they can learn to grow to help to reinstate some of these native uh, plants and help to keep that native ecosystem going. There are speakers, there is a wealth of information uh, attached to this. We are actually using for the storage an old card catalog because man, you know, we don't, we don't use them for the collections anymore, but man, what a useful piece of shelving those things are. So we're going to be using that to maintain the collection. And it's just such a terrific project. I cannot do it justice with my description. So if anybody, you know, is looking for more information on this, I definitely recommend speaking to Lauren Antolino. It's a project that's very, very close to her heart. She also got a grant from American Water terrific job, you know, not finding every kind of support for this, not only pulling it together, but really getting the enthusiasm there. Well, we've certainly been given a glimpse that libraries are so much more than just books and magazines and newspapers these days. And thank you both for, for all the work you're doing, the rest of the library staff, the friends of the Cranford Public Library, everybody really coming together to make, to me, what is one of the most valuable resources in town available for everyone. Hey, Bernie, I wanted to say thank you so much for having us here today. I feel that these podcasts and these radio recordings that, that you create are just so fantastic for maintaining the history of a community. I've worked in a number of libraries and the demand for that kind of history never goes away. And it all depends on how thoroughly the previous generations maintained that information. So knowing that this show is here, it's going to be a big deal for the future librarians that come after us when they get those questions saying, hey, 100 years ago in Cranford, what was it like? So I, I really, from librarian to host, thank you for what you're doing. My pleasure. And if you are indeed listening to this in 2122, <laughs> I have no idea how you may be listening, what the technology may be that you're listening to us on. But thank you for sticking around and for remembering us old timers from way back in the 21st century. Well, again, we've been talking on Cranford Radio with Michael Mazikin. He is the library director of the Cranford Public Library and Marissa Lieberman, head of reference services. Marissa, Michael, again, thanks so much for being my guests here on Cranford Radio. Thank you. Thank you.